Talk Radio for Catholic Life. Good morning. For the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago will bring you programs about the people, the issues, and the faith that touch our lives. Welcome to the Catholic Community of Faith. It's Monday morning in Chicago. It's a beautiful day out there, and we are delighted that you've chosen to spend this part of your morning with us. Graziana Markeski. Thanking you for being with us. Father Greg Sakowitz is off doing his ministry somewhere else today, so flying solo. But we have a great treat for you today. We are going to be speaking for this first half hour with the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, uh, Cardinal Blaise Supich. Good morning, Cardinal. Good morning. So you have been a Cardinal for how long now? Well, let's see, since uh, November the 19th, so let's do the math. Seven months? Seven months. I think yeah, this is the first time I've been with you since you received months, that huh? months, distinction, yeah. and it's a great honor to be here with you. Um, being a cardinal places upon your shoulders uh, a wider responsibility beyond the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are charged with helping the Holy Father to care for the universal church. Um, could we ask, you know, what's the state of the church right now uh, as, as you travel more widely than I suspect you ever have before. What do you see? What do you see the Holy Father planning? Um, how, how is this Church of Christ doing? Well, I, I would say, first of all, that every bishop, uh, according to the Second Vatican Council, has a responsibility to share in the governance of the Universal Church. We really, uh, I've always felt that as a bishop, that uh, we have a, a responsibility for all of the churches uh, in, in uh, union with, with the Holy Father. Uh, a cardinal is one, uh, as the word itself means, uh, comes from the word hinge, uh, that uh, we're really uh, have that closeness to him where uh, in a more immediate way, we're, we're advisors. And so <coughs> that is something that uh, we all take seriously. With regard to the, the status of the church, I think, you know, uh, we are a uh, pilgrim people. Uh, we're always on uh, the road. Uh, there are things that um, we know that uh, are uh, obstacles to that pathway in which Jesus wants us to, to uh, march. Uh, and yet what's, what's so important, and this is the ministry of the Holy Father, is that we have to stay together. Uh, unity, of course, is the first mark of the church, and uh, it was something that Jesus prayed for, that we would be one. Uh, so I think it's important uh, to look at the long view of the trajectory of the church. Uh, there isn't any age that was the iconic moment in which everything was just great, uh, any golden age. Uh, the, the, the golden age is a present moment. It's because the risen Christ is with us, and uh, we just have to take up the task of moving forward. Yeah. I had the privilege this past weekend of being in Pittsburgh for the 50th anniversary uh, jubilee of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And uh, some of those founders of the renewal who were there had been in Rome with the Holy Father at the Circus Maximus, uh, where he celebrated this anniversary with them. And they all spoke about how incredibly supportive he is of the Charismatic Renewal, and that he asked them to continue to pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, 
and he encouraged them to uh, bring the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, to all places, including the seminaries. Um, have you heard anything from the Holy Father about that uh, commitment, that desire for the for the outpouring of the Spirit, and his expectation that this will happen within uh, our our lives? Well, I I have heard him speak uh, at the synod, which I attended, and also on other occasions, in which he fully recognizes the. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit in each baptized person. And I think this is something that he has tried to tap into. Uh, for everybody to realize that there really is no nominal Catholic. Uh, that is one in name only. Uh, but that uh, since we are all given the gifts of the Spirit, it's, it's up to all, each one of us to step forward with those gifts and use them. And, and I think part of that is, uh, as he uh, wrote in Amoris Laetitiae, um, uh, the, the Joy of Love, uh, the document that came out after the Synod, uh, it's so very important that we as pastors uh, treat people uh, like adult Catholics. That is, that we respect the fact that the Spirit of God is working in them. And so we have to help them cultivate their own decision-making according to their good conscience. We have to accompany them in a way that doesn't dominate. We, we can't replace their conscience, but rather uh, help them uh, refine and cultivate it. And we also have to make sure that we go out in a special way to people who are marginalized and who are forgotten because uh, the Spirit of God is present there as well. So I hear this in so many different ways uh, in terms of the outpouring of the Spirit. And, and the Pope makes it uh, very incarnational. That is, uh, he, he doesn't think, he doesn't speak in just theory. He wants to make sure that the reality of the Spirit working in the everyday lives of people is something that's manifested. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if your schedule permitted you to do this, but I understand there was a, an amazing convocation held down in Orlando, Florida, sponsored by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Were you able to be a part no, of that? No, we weren't. Uh, we, we had, uh, of course, we're very much involved in Renew My Church right now, and also we have the Encuentro coming. So it's just a matter of deploying resources that sure. are limited and making sure that we we uh, get going. And I think that uh, there are many number of conferences around uh, all the time that we uh, like to take advantage of, but uh, we have to be judicious. And the other thing is uh, I receive so many invitations uh, to go here and there and my first job is to stay here in Chicago and do the work that's so very necessary. Uh, we have a lot of issues going on right now, violence. Uh, we're working now with uh, uh, elected officials uh, to help with uh, our schools. Uh, we've got um, uh, the Renew My Church going on right now. And, um, and of course, uh, you saw in the news recently, we worked with the county in, in bearing the indigent. Yes. So we're... <coughs> we're, we're, we're I'm going to ask you about oh, okay, great. all of those things. Good, good, good. Uh, so I'd like to begin... Uh, I know that funding our Catholic schools and helping parents to make Catholic education available to their children is a huge priority for us. Uh, scholarship tax credits uh, is something that we as a church have worked on to try to get the, uh, the state to partner with us in, uh, in uh, supporting uh, our educational efforts. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are scholarship tax credits? How does that differ from vouchers? Well, first of all, I think what's important is to recognize that uh, this kind of uh, cooperation uh, with uh, alternative schools by the state is happening across the nation and in a very successful way. The issue really here is whether or not those who are uh, of a lower income uh, have the same choices 
uh, that uh, folks of means have. Uh, one of the most important decisions that a parent makes is which, what school their child is going to go to. And uh, it's important that we uh, make sure that uh, uh, that um, uh, more than just those who can afford it are able to have the freedom of that choice. And that's what we're trying to do uh, with the scholarship program. It's not a voucher, but rather it's a, an opportunity for uh, families of uh, lower means uh, to be able to apply for uh, grant money that would allow them uh, to choose uh, a school that's a, a non-public school, especially if uh, a school is failing in their area. Uh, and, and I think the, the other thing is to keep in mind is that, uh, as I said, one of the most important decisions that a parent makes is where their child is going to go to school. And the more that we take away those choices, uh, the less responsible parents are going to feel for other responsibilities in raising their children. Yeah. So I, I think that we really need to make sure we give freedom uh, of choice to, uh, to people uh, and not say just because you're poor, uh, you don't have the choice that other people have. So is this effort that we're helping to promote, is it, what are the chances that this might succeed? Is it moving forward well or is well, there a lot of resistance? Well, I think that uh, there are a lot of people who care uh, about the good of the state and uh, especially about helping those who are uh, uh, poor to have some opportunity. Uh, there is a lot of goodwill there to see that point. Uh, and I think that we just have to keep at it. Uh, as I said, it's successful in so many other states. Uh, and there's no reason why the great state of Illinois should not uh, also take advantage of a program like this and to give people, uh, parents, uh, that choice that uh, they otherwise wouldn't have. Is there anything our listeners could do to help with this effort? Well, I think all the time uh, it's, it's important to, first of all, be grateful for uh, our schools and be supportive of them. Uh, but also uh, to talk to representatives about it. Uh, you know, uh, many of the, the children that we educate uh, in the impoverished areas of the city are not Catholic, uh, but we do it because we, we have a real ministry. It's part of our mission uh, to help people uh, uh, get out of poverty uh, and to have as much opportunity in life as possible. Uh, that's really what motivates us, and I think there's common ground there uh, with legislators and other people of goodwill uh, when it comes to reaching out to those who are most in need. Well, we need to go to our first break, Oh, but, but there's much more to talk about. All right. So, folks, do not touch your dial. We'll be back after these brief messages. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. During the next half hour, we'll show you how teamwork at a Southside parish leads to a much needed playground being erected in only one day. We'll take you to the Theology on Tap kickoff event where hundreds of young adults enjoy food, drink, and terrific insight from Catholic communicators. And we'll talk to Cardinal Blaise Subich about several topics, from the New My Church to Catholic cemeteries. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Hello, this is Pat McCaskey. Catholic Charities and the Chicago Bears have been neighbors for nearly 100 years. We always admire courage, character, and perseverance. 
who better fosters those virtues among our most vulnerable neighbors in Catholic Charities. Congratulations to Chicago's Good Samaritan for 100 years of providing help and hope. Care to help? Visit catholiccharities.net. And welcome back. I'm Graziano Marcheschi thanking you for listening this morning as you drink that second cup of coffee. As some of you, well, uh, you'd be kind of late if you're still finishing your commute to work, but uh, that's okay. Your boss will forgive you if you tell me you're listening to the relevant radio and you just couldn't turn the radio off. Because we're talking this morning with our Cardinal Archbishop, Cardinal Blaise Supich, about the life of the local church here in Chicago. Um, Cardinal, uh, one of the uh, issues that's obviously on everybody's mind because it's always in the news these days is health care. Um, it's a highly politicized issue, unfortunately. It, it seems like it shouldn't be because health care is something that affects the lives of every human being. What's the Catholic position on health care, uh, the, the need for health care to be available for all? Well, the Bishop's Conference of the United States has had a policy dating back to the 1920s that uh, health care is a basic human right and that it should be universally ex- uh, accessible. And, of course, accessibility means affordability so that uh, we have to make sure that uh, by treating it as a basic human right, uh, like we would food or water uh, or shelter, uh, air, uh, it is, uh, I think, a, uh, it's, part of the, uh, it's part of the understanding of the dignity of the human person. So uh, my hope would be that uh, uh, legislators can move forward um, and, and make sure that whatever uh, challenges that are to the present health care system, they can be fixed. Uh, but to keep in mind that um, uh, it, is, it is a basic human right. It's part of uh, our promotion of uh, our pro-life uh, agenda our, uh, the, of the human dignity. And so uh, we're, we're advocating for that and have been for a long time. Healthcare is obviously bigger than the political issues you know, revolving around the Affordable Care Act. Uh, as Catholics, we've always been involved in health care. Could you talk a little bit about Catholic Charities and what it does to support the health of all? and Catholic hospitals. Well, of course, our Catholic hospitals so often are the last uh, ones, uh, and, and sometimes the first ones as well, to take in the indigent who uh, uh, everyone else uh, in a for-profit uh, system uh, would not be able to take. Uh, and so we really do cover many people, um, and, and that is, I think, a great service to, to, the, to the state uh, and to the country. Uh, same too with our uh, Catholic charities. We look for ways in which uh, people who are whose health is neglected uh, would be neglected um, to have access to to health care to make sure that they uh, they really are cared for. So we're out there uh, each and every day doing that. But one thing about health care is that it ripples through all of a person's life. It impacts the family relationships. It impacts uh, their a person's ability to interact socially. Uh, it impacts their ability to, to hold a job and keep a job. Uh, it also is uh, a drag on the economy when preventable health uh, issues are not treated early, and then they are more costly. Uh, there are a lot of people who either don't have health insurance or health care, and so they get into a crisis, and then all of a sudden they're in an emergency room uh, without any reimbursement uh, from anybody, and uh, the hospitals have to absorb that cost. So uh, it really is uh, an economic issue as well as a human rights issue. Yeah. So 
Uh, Cardinal, we're all aware that, um, uh, sad to say, one of the reasons that Chicago is always in the forefront of the news is the uh, violence uh, uh, epidemic that we continue to have here. <laughs> Can you talk about that social ill as related to other social ills and evils that are prevalent within our society? Well, violence, of course, is um, uh, a great uh, burden on the city, and it impacts the lives of uh, victims and, of course, their families. Uh, I've taken time to meet with uh, families of victims of shooting and, and, and killings, uh, and it's just heartrending to see how uh, the impact that it has on them. Uh, it also, of course, uh, terrorizes neighborhoods uh, where people are afraid to go out. That's why this past Friday night I went to a block party on the south side uh, where people were gathering just to uh, come out of their homes and be together in a community. Uh, we're encouraging our pastors to look for those opportunities where people can be uh, unafraid to uh, gather in public and take back their neighborhoods. Uh, but there are, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, causes uh, here. Uh, there is, uh, of course, segregation in, in our neighborhoods where uh, people feel locked in, especially young people, with no opportunity for the future. Their educational system is not up to par. Uh, they don't have opportunities for jobs, and even when they have a job, they, don't, they lack the skills to be able to take them. Uh, there's also uh, racism is an issue uh, where uh, people are uh, treated differently because of the way they look, uh, whether they're uh, African-American or Latino uh, of a different race. Uh, and that is something that uh, cuts deep into the heart, especially of young people, that gives them a sense of hopelessness. So all of those issues have to be worked on, and that's why in our anti-violence uh, effort, uh, we're looking for ways in which we can better the situation um, uh, in, on a, in a variety of levels. Well, as you mentioned, the church is very present in all of these communities, and your pastors are there ministering to these people uh, in, in these times of, of great need. Talk a little bit about the importance of the role of the priest, the pastor, uh, not just in gathering people uh, publicly, but in ministering to them in the difficult times and trying to uh, fight the causes that lead young people to join gangs that result in, in the constant violence that we see? Well, I think one of the great uh, gifts that our priests uh, uh, give to our people is that they are accompanying them. They're, they're with them. They're walking with them. Uh, they're not just hired hands, as we hear in the gospel, but uh, those true shepherds who are willing to give their whole life for those that they serve. And, and that has a powerful witness and an impact on the lives of our people. Uh, I'm, I'm finding that when I go to parishes, people really love their priest uh, because they can count on them. Uh, there's a sense of dedication uh, and, uh, and devotion to their people that uh, really warms the hearts and, and encourages people uh, because so often uh, relationships are so very transitory in life. Uh, these are very permanent, especially as they give their entire life uh, to, to serving God's people. Yeah. Uh, that, I think, is, uh, should be an inspiration for young people to come forward and think about uh, giving their life to do the same thing. It's a very rewarding life. Yes, it's, it, there's a costly cost there, but it's one that uh, the Lord uh, 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 gives the strength and grace to priests in order to carry on those tasks. You probably know of Father Greg Boyle, Jesuit priest yes. out in uh, L.A. I, I don't know him. I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he's had an incredible ministry among the gangs of L.A. Uh, I think his ministry is called Homeboy Industries. 
Uh, I was reading a book yesterday that quoted several uh, long passages from his own book called Tattoos in the Heart. Uh, just powerful messages, uh, working with these people that the rest of us would run from, that the rest of us would be afraid of, and his testimonies of how these hearts could be melted, how these young people's lives were turned around. Um, are you aware of such stories here within our own archdiocese? Uh, yes, I see it all the time. I talked to Father uh, Scott Donahue over at uh, uh, Mercy Home to uh, Father Matt uh, O'Donnell, who's uh, at St. Columbinus. He, he works well with people, to uh, Father Tom Boharic and uh, Father um, uh, Mike Flager. Uh, all of them are uh, very much involved in the lives of, of gangs uh, where they're talking to young people uh, and giving them some alternatives. Uh, that's the kind of um, uh, the, uh, the, the ministry that the Holy Father is talking to us about in terms of being a field hospital. Uh, these are priests, as the Pope has said, who aren't afraid to get mud on their shoes yeah. uh, and uh, to get uh, dirt on their clothes. Uh, they realize that uh, there is uh, a value and a goodness in every human being, and they're willing to uh, look for ways in which uh, those people are going to be supported. Yeah, praise God. So uh, a good news story. You recently gathered young adults uh, for the kickoff of the annual Theology on Tap event. Uh, first of all, for those who may not be familiar, could you tell us what Theology on Tap is? And then tell us about that kickoff event. Well, it, Theology on Tap began here years ago to make sure that uh, it's not a matter of just waiting for people to come to us, but that uh, we go to them where they gather. And young people so often uh, relax and enjoy each other's company, uh, maybe around a drink or uh, in, in a pub. And uh, so this was, it was thought that maybe it, it would be important to come to those uh, moments and uh, to really uh, be in that environment to let people ask questions or maybe give a presentation. And uh, we find great success in all of that. We asked Father Tom Rosica, who is known to listeners uh, with Salt and Light, to, um, uh, to come in the last time. And he had five or 600 young people oh. gathered, uh, and uh, it was a great success. So we ho we're hoping for more of those occasions. Um, and, and it is. It's to let young people know that uh, they're important to us, and uh, we're reaching out to them. I don't know Father Tom Rosica. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I know most of the priests in Chicago. Is he uh, one of the younger uh, priests in the diocese? No, he's a, he's a priest from Canada who oh. runs Salt and Light, which is a oh, okay. Canadian uh, broadcast uh, uh, media outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it seems mind-boggling that four or 500 young people would gather for a religious event. So how did you pull all these people together? Well, it's, uh, it really is also a social event. So there's a way in which uh, uh, they uh, already have connections with each other. And it really is up to young people to bring each other. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they encourage each other to come. And some of them, of course, uh, have come to these events in the past and have uh, found them very engaging. So it doesn't take a whole lot of marketing when you have a good product. Yeah, praise God for that. So uh, Renew My Church, you mentioned earlier, is something that's uh, uh, taking up a great deal of the time and energy and creativity of uh, members within the archdiocese here. Uh, I, I, I think it's appropriate. I don't know whether it's already happened here or not. One of the people who were helping you to spearhead that effort was Father Ron Lewinsky. Yes. Who sadly uh, passed away suddenly last week. Um, for those who have experienced Father Lewinsky's ministry 
throughout the years, I'm sure you all realize what a great loss it is for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Well, it is. It uh, is really just uh, a terrible blow to all of us and to me personally. I considered him a valued collaborator, and he he loved this archdiocese and uh, was so engaged in the Renew My Church effort, uh, was enthusiastic about what it had to offer. So we're counting on his prayers from heaven to get us through. <laughs> but uh, yes, Renew My Church, I think, is is really going to be an empowering uh, opportunity for the archdiocese as we move forward. Uh, but it's also a wake-up call because, you know, uh, there is an urgency to what we're doing. If you think about it, uh, I was just given the statistic that next year we're going to have 23 priests who will turn 70, uh, which is a retirement age. Now, if you take that 23 and add it to those priests who are over 70 and still working as pastors or associates, that number climbs to 59. Oh. If all 59, nearly 60 priests, decided that they were going to retire and not do active parish ministry, uh, we would be in a great deal of trouble. Uh, also, we're grateful that many of the retired priests continue to work and, uh, in terms of helping on weekends, even if they're, they're retired. Uh, so we should really be grateful uh, to them for that. But we really are going to uh, have some stresses on our personnel. Uh, we need more vocations, but we also have to be smart of how we deploy them. Uh, we can't burn our men out by having two or three parishes and uh, two or three parish councils and finance committees. We have to look at a smarter way of working together. You recently uh, wrote an article that's published in the uh, Chicago Catholic where you uh, talk about the Renew My Church effort in connection to the sacraments of initiation. Yes. Can you give us a, a little synopsis of that? Well, I just wanted to bring home to people that this is not just some sort of a structural a reorganization of a, of a corporation. Uh, that we really uh, do see that uh, we're motivated by a deepening of our uh, coming into uh, the life of Christ through our initiation rites. So with baptism, uh, I've always said that uh, uh, there has to be a dying involved in the Renew My Church effort. Uh, we have to die to ourselves just as we do in baptism um, and realize that uh, something more is being called of us. And then with confirmation, confirmation's origins were uh, a matter of being sent into the Eucharistic assembly uh, so that one becomes, uh, takes responsibility for the community. And so uh, we have to do this in a way that's going to keep us together. Uh, we can't let this fracture us. And then finally, uh, the Eucharist uh, sends us out into the world uh, to make sure that we are that field hospital in the world to help people. And it's within that Eucharistic community that we really take on uh, the mission in a deeper way. So all three of those sacraments are really at the heart of what we do with Renew My Church. Yeah. Uh, you, you spoke about the urgency of, of what needs to be done. Deciding to address those needs in an urgent way is not an easy thing, I imagine. I, I'm not sure that the folks out there realize how difficult it is for any archbishop to look at the possibility that uh, places might need to be merged or that pastors' lives need to be cared for in a way that doesn't burn them out, as you said. Um, as you look at the future of the church, what can we as parishioners, what can we as folks in the pew do to help with this renewal? Well, I think, first of all, become informed. We're putting out a lot of information in our parishes and in the diocesan uh, media uh, means uh, to inform people. I think it, so people need to read and to become informed. The second is uh, when uh, the, your pastor uh, and those pastors involved in groupings begin to invite you in a practical way to become involved, step forward. 
uh, and, and look for ways in which you can be part of the discussions. And finally, I think once a pastoral plan is put together for your parish with the groupings, uh, become involved, volunteer. Uh, step forward and see how uh, your parish can be more vibrant and vital and sustainable. Uh, but keep in mind that we're motivated here to make all of our parishes stronger. Uh, this isn't about uh, making decisions in terms of closing uh, schools or parishes. Our first motivation is to make sure that all of our parishes are vibrant, vital, and sustainable. Amen. So um, Catholic cemeteries um, provide a ministry to those who are forgotten and whom others might never approach. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, we do a tremendous amount of good in the archdiocese in caring for and burying the dead. It's a corporal work of mercy. Uh, we have wonderful staff uh, in the 39 cemeteries that belong to the archdiocese. Uh, one of the things I th think that um, bodes well for the good reputation Catholic cemeteries enjoys in the community is that uh, the county has come to us on a number of occasions, starting with a few years ago when I first got here, uh, asking that we help bury the indigent and the unclaimed, uh, the unborn. And so uh, over the past uh, number of months, uh, we have buried uh, over 1,500 uh, dead who uh, uh, the county uh, could not find a place for. And we do it, uh, we do it uh, re realizing that um, it's part of our contribution to society. Um, with the state funding not there and uh, the county funds uh, being so, uh, have a lot, lot of stress on it, uh, we decided to step forward and help with this. And I think we should. Uh, that's that's uh, a, a, a contribution that we can make as a church uh, and it is part of our mission. Just one of the many uh, silent, quiet, unnoticed ministries that the Archdiocese carries on that is so critical but that most people would never even hear about. Yes, and I think we should be proud of the wonderful work that's being done at Catholic cemeteries. And uh, so uh, people, when they go there, they're always treated with respect, uh, and uh, all the grounds are always kept so very beautiful. And so uh, uh, we, we, it's, a real, uh, it's a real source of pride for all of us. Yeah, and we need to remember we're all going to end up there one day. Well, yes, ex exactly, and uh, I think uh, it's enlightened self-interest that we show respect for the dead, because as you say, uh, uh, we're not uh, too far from that uh, other side of the curtain of eternity. Well, Cardinal, thank you so much for this. This went so fast. Time. It went so fast. My gosh. And well, I hope that uh, people now are at work. <laughs> They're at work by now. And uh, if you need a slip uh, to uh, for an excuse, just... Uh, Call into Graziano. He'll, he'll, he'll send you one. <laughs> well, God bless you and all the great work that you do. You're one of the busiest people I know. May God continue to give you lots and lots of energy. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. All right, folks, brief messages, and we'll come back with another half hour talking to Dr. Mary Amore of Mays Lake Ministries. Do not go away. think of donating your car? You can donate a car that you no longer need to Catholic Charities. The donation will help needy people throughout Cook and Lake Counties. 
Donating your car is easy. Call us at 877-786-GIVE from anywhere in the country. That's 877-786-4483. Pickup is free. We do the paperwork and you get a tax deduction. Catholic Charities accepts cars, trucks, vans, motorcycles, or boats in almost any condition. No need to pay hefty repair bills. Avoid the hassle of selling. Calls taken seven days a week at 877-786-GIVE. That's 877-786-4483. Or go online to catholiccharities.net. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Relevant Radio, 950 AM and 930 AM. Talk radio for Catholic life. Every Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, the issues, and the faith that touch our lives. Thanks for staying with us here on Relevant Radio 950 a.m. and 930 a.m. Now again, the Catholic Community of Faith. And thank you for staying with us, Graziana Marcheschi bringing you the good news of all the wonderful things happening within the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago. And one of those great things is Mays Lake Ministries, uh, driven, run, inspired, (laughs) animated by Dr. Mary Amore. Good morning, Mary. Oh, good morning, Graz. It's great to be here. We have something more in common now. What? You've done some work with Shalom World Television. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm film. Yes. So Mesic Ministries actually is having a new TV show yes. on Shalom, and it's going to be called A Willing Spirit. And I'm filming the first four episodes on uh, Thursday. This Thursday, this really? This Thursday, yes. Oh, it's very exciting. So I'm doing some work with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, just got back from uh, Pittsburgh where we interviewed a bunch of folks right. who were responsible for the birth of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal that has now touched over 120 million lives that's worldwide. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. Yes, that's it great. is. Shalom is doing great work. So I'm ha- we're happy at Maze Lake to be partnering with So them. all of you out there who have not heard of Shalom World, go to your computer and just Google Shalom World Television, 24-7 programming mm-hmm. on that network. You can watch all kinds of inspirational things, including... A willing spirit. A willing spirit. So you're you're taping them this Thursday. When might they begin to air? You know, I don't know. We've, we're going to be taping 12 episodes, four this week, and then eight next week. And I do know they're going to air at the 9 p.m. weeknight um, episode. So, I, so this I, but, features you. 
Correct. Correct. <laughs> a willing spirit. <laughs> and what are you? What is the the, the format? basic thrust of this? The program? format of the uh, of a willing spirit is that we I read a gospel passage or a scripture passage, and then I, we kind of break it open. But we break it open in relevant ways, um, and I share real life stories that are pertinent to that particular gospel story. And it's just for uh, it's a wonderful way for our listeners and our viewers to um, to really make that scripture passage relevant to their life today. So so you're basically doing like a homiletic reflection. Correct. On the it's like a scriptural reflection, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, leaving them with a couple of questions to think about and everything else. But it's it's a wonderful way. You know, I told them, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have the wisdom of a wife, a mom, a grandmother, and a female theologian. You're not a grandmother. Uh, oh, I am, of two darling little angels, Alice and Mia. So, um, yeah, so anyway, so they, they thought that was a great idea. And, you know, of course, all the work we're doing at Mazek as well. So it's a really good partnership. You know, we all work for Jesus. And so any way we can get the word out, grass. You know, that is exactly it. Yes. And that's why it drives me crazy that we've got these factions within the church. Oh, my gosh. Who won't work with each other. Mm -hmm. I know. You know, you're not like me, so I'm not going to do anything with you. We lose sight of the fact that we're all about Jesus. Yes. Right. And Jesus was about mercy, love, and compassion. Yes. You got it. Oh, so You know, we're Peter and Paul. Yes. You know, they had their issues. (laughs) They did. But the church is built on both their shoulders. Institution, charism, and we need them both. You got it. I'm with you on that one. All right, so what are we talking about here? Well, uh, let's talk about, how about we talk about the new book we've got coming out? Oh, my gosh, here it is. I've this, got it in my hand. I know. It's it's a lovely volume. I like it. It's kind of square. Yes. It's got a gorgeous picture, an icon of Mary and, and baby Jesus mm-hmm. on the cover. It's 416 pages. Don't let that intimidate you. No, because it's a daily devotional, which means you only have to read a page a day. A page a day. About two minutes every morning. So how do you get 400 pages out of 365 days? You know, I have no idea. Well, there is a whole week in there for um, Holy Week. You know, okay. because this is a daily devotional that starts literally January 1st, so it's dated. So you, yeah. when you, it comes out August 1st, you buy it, you pick it up, and start reading it August 2nd. Um, but we have a full week in there of just Holy Week devotions. Um, and also, this is put out by our Sunday visitor. And the, the really cool thing about this book is, first, it's the only daily devotional out there to the Blessed Mother. Mm. Second, it is written by all 31 affiliates at Maze Lake Ministries, ranging from the ages of 26 to 76. Oh, wait, what's an affiliate? An affiliate is, um, you know, obviously we're a not-for-profit. I, I could never... Um, I could never, uh, you know, have salaried people that many. But an affiliate comes in and they do spiritual direction um, and then, you know, as like, almost like a consultant. And so they are affiliated with Maze Lake Ministries, but they have day jobs. Most of them work in parishes. Some are priests, um, you know, stay-at-home moms. So, um, but when they do their ministry at Maze Lake, they're an affiliate. Yeah, pretty so. It's very cool. So in this book, we have the wisdom of moms and dads, religious and lay, um, you know, younger people all the way up to 76, which is just a wonderful age. And it's fabulous. So I see your format is you begin with a scripture. Correct. Then there's a, a short reflection by one of these affiliates. Only two paragraphs. 
And then there's a question for reflection. Mm-hmm. Kind of stir the soil of your soul for that day. And then it closes with a little prayer to Mary. With yeah. a little prayer to Mary. It's and wonderful. each month, um, is div- uh, each of the 12 months carries the fruits of the Spirit. So joy, love, peace. Um, you know, and then we added a couple extra. So um, abundance, abundance, self control, right? Thanksgiving, gratitude, yeah, gratitude. Yeah, it's really great. And another bonus to this is that our Sunday visitor has created out of these reflections uh, an Advent Christmas. Um, book for parishes, bulk um, for bulk purchase, so that people can in parishes, every person in the pew can begin their um, Advent day with Mary well, and Christmas. So. Seventeen ninety-five. Correct. And available from. It is available on our Sunday Visitor. It is also available on Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, and also at Maze Lake Ministries. Every day with Mary. We're going to go to a quick break. Okay. We're going to come back with lots more with Dr. Mary Amori. Yeah. And do not go away. invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. During the next half hour, we'll show you how teamwork at a Southside parish leads to a much-needed playground being erected in only one day. We'll take you to the Theology on Tap kickoff event, where hundreds of young adults enjoy food, drink, and terrific insight from Catholic communicators. And we'll talk to Cardinal Blaise Supich about several topics, from Renew My Church to Catholic Cemeteries. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. I don't think I've told you how you can get in the conversation here. Uh, so you're listening to Relevant Radio AM 950. You're listening to Catholic Community of Faith. And we want people to be listening to you. You can weigh in at 312-255-8408. 312-255-8408. If you have a question, you have a comment, you have a joke, uh, <laughs> just give us a call. Sure. Uh, you know, this is uh, talk radio and... You know, you, you don't want to just listen to me and Mary oh, no, only. it's Monday morning. We need the joyful wisdom of our listeners. Especially if you've been to Maze Lake Ministries and benefited from one of their mm-hmm. many programs. If you go there for spiritual direction, give us a call. Tell us about it. Uh, encourage your neighbors to uh, avail themselves of these wonderful opportunities. So you mentioned before you're a mother and a grandmother. Yes. And uh, Maze Lake has a program for moms. Moms, yes. Tell us about that. Well, we're very excited. We're launching it this fall. And it's a a program 
to create a mom's ministry in parishes. We put together a team of five Catholic moms, and they have a wealth of experience. Some are public school moms, Catholic school moms. There's a Catholic school teacher. They're um, one of them homeschools because her child has severe allergies. Another one has a child with special needs. So we've got the wisdom of all of these Catholic women um, who are very active in their faith, and they are ready to go out to parishes and to help parishes form a mom's ministry in their parish. Um, We've got what we call a mom's ministry kit that has three different levels of pricing, so we can just do a a phone consultation and help you set up perhaps like, um, uh, you know, a Facebook page at your parish just where your moms can go. We also have one as well because our program is called Graced Encounters. So you moms out there listening, taking care of your kids, if you go on Facebook, um, it's Graced Encounters Maze Lake Ministries. And it's just a wonderful way for women to come together, moms of all ages, even grandmothers. Even grandmothers. Okay, because here's the thing, Grazin, you know that. Faith is so important, but we can only pass on what we've got. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes the faith is there, but it's kind of grown dim. And we're here to light that fire of the Spirit and to help these moms be so on fire that they can't wait to tell their kids about Jesus and, and just bring Jesus into their home and to share their faith with other women. So I love the, uh, the logo you have for this. It, it looks like it's Mary and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And so is that Mary... With her hands on Elizabeth's pregnant tummy, or is it the other no, way? No, I the way I see the picture, I think it's Mary is is smiling and Elizabeth is laughing. She's got her hands on okay. Mary's stomach, saying, "Oh my God, the the Lord would come to me." Yeah, right, exactly. So she's not just smiling; she's ecstatic. she's laughing. Yeah, her she head is, is just... back and she's looking up at the sky, and it's it's just a lovely, touching image. Yes. Um. So this kit that you provide mm-hmm. helps a parish with a step-by-step process for how to set up this ministry. Correct, right. And the ministry is reaching out to young moms. Moms of all ages, but most especially young moms, right? Yeah, to support them, uh, uh, to to teach the faith to their young children. Right, and to share their faith with one another. You know, because again, you know, you get 10 moms in a room. First of all, they've got such crazy busy schedules. So, you know, we're, we're going out to the parishes to actually help them set up a program that will work in their specific parish. Maybe it'll include babysitting. Maybe you don't need babysitting because these moms, their kids are in school. You know, but we're there as the spiritual resource. We've got um, the book. Everybody who signs up for a mom's ministry gets a copy of Every Day with Mary. We have... um, DVDs that they can use, uh, you know, like a Bible study. We've got it on the Eucharist, the Blessed Mother. We've got it on the writings of Pope Francis. We've got it on the Blessed Sacrament. So, so I, I'm I'm just going to read the list of the the things ahead. that you have in this kit. So, in addition to the step by step guide for how to set it up, you've got job descriptions mm-hmm. for the ministry leadership team. Right. You give advertising materials and meeting schedule calendar template. Right. So they don't have to invent any of that. No, they don't have to do anything. You've got an advertising plan with corresponding templates, including social media bulletins and mass announcements. Mm-hmm. You, you give forms for signing up for questionnaires, for surveys. You've got resources, books, discussion guides, and prayers. You even have icebreakers for but the meetings. Course. You've got agendas and lesson plans for each meeting. Mm-hmm. 
and you have a proposed speaker list. Are you on the list? Of course. Of course. <laughs> for those older moms. <laughs> and for kickoff events. I mean, it's a no-brainer, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, really. We really, and that's what we do at Mays Lake. We really are trying to engage Catholics in a modern world. And we have a lot of moms out there that um, we care about, and we want them to come together to share their faith, to enliven their faith, so they can then pass on the faith. Can you name a parish or two where this is actively going on? You no, know, right we've now? just launched it, but oh, we've actually launched it? yes, wow. right, and and it's the first part of it is actually in partnership with the Diocese of Joliet, ah. but I am in conversation with the Archdiocese to um, bring this as a partner program to parishes. But there's so you a... could be a pioneer out there. Oh, absolutely. You could be the first yes. in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So call up Mays Lake Ministries <laughs> at 630-852-9000. One more time, slower. 630-852-9000. There you go. Let's get that ball rolling in your parish. And it's very reasonably priced. Very much so. And everything you need is there. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is show up. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hard thing to do. And is this something that you helped to package and put together? You know, um, I did, but I am so blessed to work with um, a team of five dedicated moms. We've got Lauren Nelson, Meg Beccaro, Nancy Smith, Katie Chowdhury, and Gina Sanacerdo. Um, and, and together we kind of said, what is it that would make um, a mom's ministry work in a parish? And so it's been a, a while coming together, but we're very excited to launch it. And on our, face, on our website as well at maislakeministries.org, we have a, a separate page just for the mom's ministry yeah. for resources. So... Uh, just tell us, uh, we're going to go to a break in a minute, okay. but um, what's a recent event that was like a standout experience for you in any of the various things that you do? Well, you know, we've got that, um, you know, we do spiritual direction. Yeah. And we are the largest resource for spiritual direction. Well, we're going to talk about that in the okay. next segment. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Let me just put this in then. On October 7th, Feast of the Holy Rosary, we've got our fall conference, mm. and we've got um, Bishop Robert Morneau coming oh, wow. from Green Bay. Yeah. And he is just, he's written so many books. He's a poet. Oh, he's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. It's going to be at St. John Newman from 9 to noon. It's $65. It's our fall conference. It includes breakfast. But um, Bishop uh, Morneau is going to talk about the importance of spiritual direction as guideposts on our spiritual journey. So. Praise so we God. don't get lost. All right, we're going to go to some uh, quick messages, and we'll be back after. So you're not going to touch your dial because you want to hear more about what's happening through Maze Lake Ministries. everybody let's pray the rosary don't forget to say grace we have to do what god wants us to do my mom laid the foundations for me to discover god how does this bring you closer to god the path to holiness is in doing god's will if you are called to be a priest that's how you will be fulfilled my mom helped me get through difficulties in my discernment think of the big picture keep things in perspective are you praying my mom played a huge role in my journey to the priesthood she still does 
Our moms nurture our vocations. Without my mom being who she is, there's no chance I'd have entered the seminary. My mom says she had a feeling I would be a priest. To hear the call of God, we need to be in a position to hear it. Hearing God starts at home with the family. Thank you, Mom. I would not be at the seminary if it wasn't for you. Our seminarians were encouraged by their parents to discover God's call in their lives. Do you encourage your son? St. Joseph College Seminary, the best place to discern. For more information, visit cometojoseph.org. Hello, this is Pat McCaskey. Catholic Charities and the Chicago Bears have been neighbors for nearly 100 years. We always admire courage, character, and perseverance. Who better fosters those virtues among our most vulnerable neighbors in Catholic Charities? Congratulations to Chicago's Good Samaritan for 100 years of providing help and hope. Care to help? Visit catholiccharities.net. And welcome back to Catholic Community of Faith. Graziano Marcheschi thanking you for choosing to spend this part of your day with us. You know, this radio ministry is such a powerful thing. In every age, in every generation, God calls us to use the tools available mm-hmm. to send out that good news that Jesus came to share. And Mary, you are doing that in spades. You're using every possible <laughs> medium Thank you. available from books to pamphlets to programs to live in-person events. It's just amazing. And obviously, one of the things that God has given us today mm-hmm. is radio, television, internet. Yes, absolutely. And now you're doing all that, too. Oh, my God. Well, you know, Pope Francis says use every means at your disposal. And, you know, who doesn't want to listen to Papa? So, yeah. <laughs> And out there, folks, you've got means at your disposal. You've got a mouth and lips. Yes. You know, you've got arms and hands. And, you know, as Teresa said, we are now the arms and the hands, mm-hmm. the lips of Jesus and what each of us can do, whether we're on the uh, one side of the microphone or the other, is we can continue to share that good news. You know, it's, it's there for us to share. And we should all be convicted if we're not doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't need to share doctrine. You share Jesus by being loving and by, you know, letting that car go in front of you on the road and not getting in road rage. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, those are, and you are letting that person at the jewel take that spot ahead of you, you know, because they're on their lunch hour trying to check out. Those are ways that we can show who we are because yeah. we're Christian Catholics. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So one of the things that Maze Lake is known for is spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about that, both in terms of individuals going to receive spiritual direction, right. but also in terms of those who would like to be spiritual directors and the kind of training that you offer for right. them. Right. You know, uh, thanks, Graz. Uh, really, Maze Lake is the single largest resource for spiritual direction in Chicago and really in the Midwest. We have 26 certified spiritual directors, um, again, ranging in all ages and backgrounds. And people say to me, well, why do you have 26? We have 26 spiritual directors because we also like to pair a director with someone's experience so that they can really understand you know, the shoes that this person is walking in. So all calls usually go through me, 
and I try and listen to the person's story that's looking for spiritual direction and then pair them up with the right person. Uh-huh. Sessions are an hour once a month, and the suggested donation is $50. So so is there a list on your website of the spiritual Oh, absolutely. With, with a their, bio? Yes, with their photos, their bios, and their areas of special. Uh, right. So one would find that how? Uh, on our website at mazelakeministries.org. Then click on, on the homepage, you're going to click on spiritual direction, and boom, it'll all come up. Yeah, because so. it's all about being a good fit. It's absolutely. And you one know, should never feel guilty about meeting once or twice with someone and deciding it's not a good fit. I always tell them that. I said, you know what? You never outgrow the need for spiritual direction. You can't outgrow your spiritual director, or it could not be a good fit. I said, so call me back and let me know. We can always change. I said, no spiritual director is ever going to have their feelings hurt because so-and-so is not coming to them anymore, you know, because it's just about a person's walk with Christ. You know, it's not, this is, you need to do this, this, and this before you can find Christ. No, you know, a person lays out their life as messy as it is, and then the spiritual director helps them to find Jesus right there. So what about if someone feels called to this ministry right. to be a director? And thank you for saying it that way, because I do believe it's a, a calling from God um, to sit. It's sacred listening to become a spiritual director. So we have a very exciting program starting um, in the fall. It is starting the last week of September. It's called Sacred Presence, and it is a program for the formation of spiritual directors. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're out there listening... And you're thinking, you know, I always, I always um, have wanted to become a spiritual director. You know, we've created a program just for you. It's a 10-month intensive program. We will meet every Thursday. We start with a, a, a retreat the last weekend of September. But every Thursday is your night with Maze Lake. But it doesn't mean it's always going to be in person because, again, we're trying to stretch our, our candidates to use technology. So a Skype session, a phone session, because, you know, in the early church, the original spiritual direction sessions were by letter, uh, and they took three months to get there. Yeah. So the fact that we can use technology at our fingertips to reach somebody in the cornfields of Iowa that might not have any way to do spiritual so direction. So it doesn't mean driving out to Maze Lake every Thursday. Well, okay, so to be in this program, it pretty much does you okay. need to be in the area but to do spiritual direction with one of our directors i see I we see. we are doing spiritual direction now in texas wow. with someone and in boston all right we have one minute left okay so if somebody were interested how can they learn more about the program what it involves the cost okay the commitment uh, you know and what? especially the content correct okay the content is found everything is on our website at mazelakeministries.org You're going to click on Sacred Presence, which is the name of the program. But I urge you not to wait because the program, um, really, the application process is closing within a week or so. Uh So the response was overwhelming. Really? Yes. Really? Which says to me and to the people at Maze Lake that, you know, the the people in the pew are hungry to help one another. And this is a great way. This is a ministry for lay people. And you're going to have a faculty of Oh, yes. That's being taught by the spiritual directors at Maze Lake, who, again, have created this wonderful um, uh, uh, curriculum. So Praise God. Yes. Well, Mary, you're always a wealth um. of <laughs> innovation. So yeah. thank you for the good work that you're doing there. Thanks thank for you. coming on to share it. 
And everybody, get to that computer, mayslakeministries.org. Graziano Marqueschi, thank you. Have a blessed, blessed weekend. And let's all do everything we can to give praise to our good Lord. Amen. Amen. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for the Catholic Community of Faith. You can stream our programs live or download past programs by going to our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. 